Hey, Nat. Hi. How you doing? Oh, this is great. <laughs> it's been uh, forever. I don't think I've seen you in the flesh in over a month. Yes. How is my flesh looking to you? It, it's, uh, Stop looking at my flesh. There's, it's an uh, interesting <laughs> color, but that, that's because the, the reflection of the parking lot lights are bouncing yeah. off your camouflage jacket. Well, do you recognize this, uh, this scarf? Uh, if I had to guess, I would say it has something to do with Doctor Who. Indeed, it is the, uh, if you guys know Doctor Who, this is the most famous science fiction scarf in history. It's Tom Baker's scarf. I don't he was know the, what the uh, colors are because I'm slightly colorblind, but. Yeah, it's hard um, to tell in this, in this light. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe we should tell people why we're sitting in a parking lot doing the show. Yeah, so um, as you guys know, we usually like to get together when, um, any version of the band Yes with John Anderson uh, is in it. And so... Oh, the John Anderson is not in this version. What? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's news to me. I thought I was going to see John Anderson tonight. And <laughs> yeah, you I'm just saw him. <laughs> so who's singing tonight? Uh, a guy named John Davidson. All right. Um, well... So what part of Yes is going to be playing tonight? Steve Howe. Oh, all right. We, okay. got, we got Steve Howe. Steve Howe and... Um, Anderson Wakeman and... No. Steve Howe and... Uh, the hell's the guy's name? The keyboard player. Oh, the guy that wears a cape? No. Not Rick Wakeman. <laughs> not the caped crusader? No. No. This is Yes official. Oh, right? okay. So it's... it's um, Oh my God! I can't believe I'm blanking on this guy's name. Yeah, I think he was on the, the drama album. He played on the drama album, which came out in 1980, which is the album right before 90215. Um, and I don't remember, but we are sitting here at the theater at Westbury. Yes, which is a very small theater, and it's very intimate, and it's something they call in the round. Yes, that means the uh, the stage rotates it 360 does. degrees while the musicians play. It's a nice theater. I've seen Jim Gaff again here. Gaffigan and um, did nice Jim Gaffigan game. rotate he did it he was did? so weird and he didn't move <laughs> he stayed perfectly still and delivered jokes rapid fire while he rotated and I was laughing the entire time um, but yeah so here we are we're, uh, Jeff Downs Jeff Downs that's the keyboard player yeah. he was also in Asia if you remember that band I remember seeing covers of their records and wondering what would that music sound like yeah, it's the Howard Dean covers mm. he did all the Yes albums um, yes. But the reason that we're sitting here talking into an H5 Zoom recorder is because this is the only <laughs> conceivable time that we have to sit down and talk to one another. Yeah, we were going to get, um, we were going to record this morning at like 8 o'clock we were trying to do. Um, and we've got a lot of great things to talk about, some really interesting things coming up um, that I've been just bursting at the seams to talk about. But this morning I got a message from uh, from Mike and... Yeah. I forgot. He said, um, we're going into New York City. We actually didn't go into the city. And they didn't even go. You see, but then I had to go to, what did I do? I went to a birthday party with race cars. I just came back from it. My hair is all special. and Special. Um, it's just been nonstop. Not only yeah. that, the Christmas pageant is coming up. And guess who is one of the kings? You. Me. Congratulations. Because there's not enough kids participating. So... Um, I'm singing one of the, and Max, it's going to be me, my father, and my son, Max. <laughs> you guys are practically running the whole church? Basically, yeah. it is uh, just us now. So, so I was, speaking of church, I was uh, told by my sister-in-law that because of um, healthcare reasons, she wants to get married to her um, fiancé before the end of the year. Mm. Um, but her wedding is scheduled for next August. I see. So she asked me as a minister of the Universal Life Church if I would perform her no wedding way. before the end of the year. So I, <laughs> I agreed. I'm going to do that. You can make a legal union yes. between two. Yes. So anybody out there who wants to get married, just let me know. Wow. Well, I'd like to wish her all of the best. Thanks. Um, you know, <laughs> I'll convey my... I'll convey your wishes. <laughs> it's been great to see that the monsters are still like 
going at it strong, talking, planning things, and I feel like we haven't been doing our part. You know, I feel like I'm. Well, we've been I'm, doing a lot of parts. I know. That's the problem. We've been doing all people's parts. Yeah. So, so we were having a discussion on the way over here um, about what the show is going to look like going forward, based on the time constraints we have and all this kind of stuff, and we kicked a few ideas around. Um, and we're—I don't think we've really kind of settled on exactly what's going to happen. But the one thing I can say is, any sort of um, thought of having like regular releases is kind of off the table for the time being. I think we're going to have to drop shows as we can, you know, when we have the time. Yeah, um, I'm trying to to think that that's going to be at least once or twice a month, right? Yeah, we don't want to promise something that we're just completely incapable of delivering. And I feel like, you know, if we can just catch as catch can, you know, like when we have something really that we want to discuss, right. you know, maybe we really go for it like this book, the Matthew Perry book right? might be a great, you know, especially because the monsters are having a book club about it. Oh yeah. And, um, I kind of always wanted to do something that like coincided with a monster book club, but it was just sort of an idea in my head. I never even, Mm. I don't think I even vocalized it, but I thought it'd be great. You know, they have the book club and we read the book together and then we do a show on it, you know? Yeah. I mean, we could actually have everybody in the book club Chime on in. the show. Yeah. You'd almost be like... We could do it on, what do you call that? Zencaster. Yeah. Yeah, and record it. That would be really cool. And if you guys would be interested in that, um, you know... Let us know. You don't have to be. Yeah, you don't have if you to. You don't want All right. to. But I mean, that's. You know, you know, if you yeah. just want to have a book club yeah. without, you know, talking to. All of our thousands and thousands of dedicated listeners, you can feel. Yeah. That. Um, Go right ahead. It, yeah, but we really. Uh, I just wanted to say I had something to say. Wait, what do you have to say? Welcome to all the monsters. <laughs> around the around world. Around the world. <laughs> And uh, next door. Across yeah. the table and right next door. <laughs> Welcome all. Settle in, buckle up, and get ready for excitement, tragedy, comedy, intrigue, mystery, and more. Where can they find us? Shit, where can they find us? They can find... Oh, you can find us at middleagesrecovery.com. Please. Please. Uh, I think what we're going to do with the Patreon is mm-hmm. kind of stop that for a little while, right? Like, yeah. stop taking mo- people's money and delivering no shows. Listen, <laughs> we, we appreciate it, like... We really, really appreciate uh, you guys donating to the show, but I don't think we feel right about uh, taking your money if we're not producing like exclusive content. Yeah. Um, I think what we'll do is just kind of put a stop on the payments that are coming out. Yeah. And open up uh, the Discord. Yeah. As, uh, to the Facebook group. Well, yeah, or whomever. Um, right. Whoever emails Mike Hart, middleagesrecovery.com and yeah. request the secret codes. You know, it's basically not everybody can just randomly go in. We want to keep it tight and just, yeah. you know, people yeah. who are there to recover. But um, Your application will yeah. be reviewed and a decision will be made. <laughs> you know, and uh, and that's really what this show was always about is just recovering together. Like, we never wanted to be like, we're going to tell you how, to, how we did it type of thing. It was right. sort of like, we're doing it and we're talking about it. We're working through problems just like everyone else is, but we're doing it together. And I think that's the most beautiful thing. That is the most beautiful thing, you know, among other beautiful things. Are you still sober? I haven't, I haven't uh, seen yeah. Mike in about I've a month. I've been pretty good. I, I actually had a really long work trip in California. Oh, wow. Where I was surrounded by drinking and, and debauchery for days. Yeah. And you just sat there and watched, picking your nose? Pretty much. I, uh, w- something I noticed that really was kind of weird, though... Um, you know, this is the same group of people that I see every two years, right? Same mm-hmm. conference, and it's the same people, and, and usually until they retire, right? Because yeah. why, why wouldn't you want to come to a place like San Diego and stay for five days and basically have food and drink and, you know, yeah, minimal participation you, in conferences yeah, and so you forth? You bring me. But, um, but I noticed that since the pandemic, like, the reception, we had it at the same hotel, same location in 2018, and then we had to take... Uh, the second, you know, it's it's every other year. So the the, sec, the other year mm. was COVID. So we didn't have it that year, right? So then we came back in 2022. Right. Same cast of characters. The reception in 2018 was the most drunken, <laughs> ridiculous, and I was participating full full throatedly. Yeah. At the time, um, I remember there was this British guy that came over, and we were arguing about politics in 2018. Very, very. And. Uh, 
it's it's hard because if you drink a lot, then the the, English, the British people, it's, it's hard to understand what they're saying after a little while. And I'm sure it, that goes both ways. I use subtitles when I'm watching certain British <laughs> so, shows. So do I. Yeah. But we were just, um, at the end of the night, we were just babbling at one another. Although he, his wife was a huge Doctor Who fan, so we, we had nice. a nice discussion. Anyway, uh, he didn't come this year. But, but a lot of the people who were the most active participants in the drinking in 2018 were not drinking at all in 2022. And it was more than like one mm. other person. It was like a whole bunch of people. And the thing was very sort of sedate. Mm. And um, I spoke to some of my colleagues afterwards. And the ones that were like drinkers were like, yeah, that was pretty boring this year. And the ones that weren't were just like, yeah, it was great this year. Yeah, it was know? actually <laughs> nice. Um, but, yeah, I think and this is just a, a guess, but I feel like a lot of people during the pandemic really hit the bottle hard. Mm. And I think more people than usual hit like a really bad spot in their drinking probably. Yeah. And maybe this is the pullback from that. I think a lot of people are having like reactions to maybe how far they, how much weight they gained. I know a lot of people are feeling like they gained a lot of weight from all the drinking. Right. Or people's health really saw the effects of the daily drinking that so many of, so many people were doing. And maybe that's just like, a reaction to that maybe a lot of people especially adults who are like i don't want to kill myself with you know alcohol anymore right this is the pullback i mean that's just my theory what is that um, do oh, you some, hear that yeah someone's listening to music and you know the, the the fans that come to these um yes shows <laughs> that we go to and the um the jethro told show it's very interesting yes um I actually, I've been going out to more shows. I mean, I say I have no time, but that's because the free time I do have, I'm actually trying to spend well, time spend with, it my, with your wife. Even right? my wife, yeah. finally, guys. You know, I've been working at this a long time. You know, our uh, relationship hit the like talk about rock bottom. You know what I mean? Like, luckily, we, you know, she put up with me, and I was able to to come back from it, and things are really good now. But now it's like, okay, time to cultivate. Our relationship. It's time, you know, for us to like do things together. Yeah. And not just run away from each other, you know. Um, and that's getting really hard to do, but at least, you know, we're making time for it. So we went to see this comedian, John Mullaney, who some of you may know from, uh, he did a, a show with Nick Kroll called Oh Hello, which is hilarious. Yeah. Um, and uh, he's just a really funny stand up comedian, young. And we got to this show, and I was surprised when it was essentially like an N.A. meeting. Now, he's never been a, like a recovery guy or anything. Interesting. But his whole show was about during the pandemic, he went to rehabs, and he was intervened on for cocaine, and he told a bunch of really, really bad stories, huh. made it funny, and then talked about his recovery. Right. And it was just not what I expected because I didn't know that he had a problem. Um, you know, his, he's like friends with Pete Davidson. Oh, yeah. And like all those guys, you know, uh, Chris Parnell, and they were the ones that intervened on him. Right. So oh, he's wow. like the whole thing revolved around like the most famous young comedians right now. And uh, it was a really great time. And I began to realize that everybody we had gone with mm -hmm. wasn't drinking. Interesting. And then I realized that the person whose sweet it was, she was someone we used to party with like hard when I first mm -hmm. met my wife. And I had known that she had gotten sober and all the friends we were with were like her new sober friends. Mm. But none of us knew that this was going to be like a recovery comedy really? show. Like it was so weird. That is weird. You know? So is, did she get sober through a program or did she just stop? stop drinking or from what i understand because what happened was this couple they had like the party house they were like the main party group right everyone would go there for everything ultimately he had a very successful business um and he was able to move to uh connecticut so he, they like moved away okay geographic got out of the scene yeah. and then i think things got much worse from what oh, i've heard okay then they all got sober. Wow. Uh, through program, you know, like AA and NA and stuff like that. That's and so now, crazy. All of their friends. So a lot of the people from that time are either where they're at, right. you know, in recovery. <laughs> right. Or a few of them are dead. Right. And some of them, Went it's just pro. like, we don't know where yeah. they are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was really interesting. But it's a good time. And I didn't feel bad 
not drinking because nobody was. Isn't that great when you go to something and all and there's no pressure at all because yeah. nobody's doing it? Yeah. I mean, it's it's great. It would be great if it was like that all the time. You know, it was kind of nice that you know my my work event there was enough people that had stopped drinking that I didn't feel at all uncomfortable about it. And in fact, you know, they, they recently raised, like we, I get an, like an expense account when I travel and I have a certain amount that I can spend on dinner if, if I'm with another person from my office, right? And I used to find it really hard to stay within the parameters of that money because, yeah, you want a bottle of wine because I'd be drinking. Three but, Jack and Cokes. But my friend and I, this time around, we got there and we, we had a couple of days. One day we went hiking in La Jolla. Nice. This is like my work uh, boyfriend. Nice. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, um, but we were like, hey, you know, he's like, oh, you're not drinking. He's like, I won't drink either. Let's see how much food we can get. You know, and so we ended up eating like pigs because we weren't eating up that whole per diem with booze. And it, it, we ended up getting some really fantastic uh, food. So it's like all things are possible with sobriety, right? But what I want to know about like this comedian is yeah. I assume the entire audience who is at this thing was not sober. No. So like how did, how did those jokes land? It was really interesting. It was almost like putting a bunch of people who aren't in recovery or, or not a recovery adjacent, yeah. going to see a comedy show of a guy who his Netflix specials are not like what we saw. Really? Um, and he said something to that effect. He goes, thank you for coming to the show. I just want to warn you now, if you're looking for the guy you just watched on Netflix, hmm. I ain't it, you know. Well, had he gotten sober recently? Yeah, like two years ago during oh, okay. the pandemic or something okay. like that, or just after the pandemic, but... You know, so it was, I think, a shock to a lot of people. But uh, me and the other guy, one of the other sober guys that were there, said something like he was funny, but none of that was shocking. It just was a pretty formulaic. Yeah. It was like a formulaic, like, recovery, what is it, um, something strength, uh, experience, strength, and hope. Yeah, yeah. But it was one of the funniest comedians doing it. Right. And talking about other celebrities. Interesting. You know, but I'm sure for people who just thought it was John Mulaney, the, like, wacky, right. funny comedian guy, all of a sudden got hit with this really hard, like, nasty yeah. drug recovery story. Um, yeah, I think most people were probably shocked um, but they were laughing. I don't know, man. But it was really interesting. I have to say, check out John Mulaney. I don't think this act that he just did is out anywhere. Really? Everyone had to lock up their phones before you came in. He and was very adamant that nobody recorded. So I wasn't even, hmm. I didn't have access to my phone. Lock up your phone where? They have these special bags that lock and you can't take them on, like off. They bring you, they bring... You can keep the phone yeah, you, you in bring the bag? Yeah, you bring it with you in the bag, but the bag is locked and it's not openable. That's bizarre. Yeah. If you wanted to use it, you have to go to a special area and they'll unlock it for I you. I see. Right? But I thought it was great. I, you know, we freaked out because our kids are home with mm -hmm. my parents and everybody had that same feeling. Go, oh my God. Right. My in-laws are with my kids. <laughs> I won't be able to hear, but um, yeah. It was and then really you realize great. it's because when I went to see King Crimson a while ago at the Paramount, it was yeah. the same deal. Like you couldn't, if you took your phone out, Robert Fripp from the stage would point, <laughs> would point at the person, the lights would go on him and security would come and drag you out. Wow. Yeah. It was a little Pink Floyd, the wall kind of, <laughs> you know, Interesting. Um, but you know, in, in hindsight, we spend so much time at these concerts looking at the show through the phone. Right. That you're not really... Yeah. You know, use your mind as the videotape. But. So before we watch this show, are we going to make a no phone pact? No. Me neither. I'm not doing it. <laughs> I'm not doing it. I mean, uh, yeah. it's. Let's not so. do it. I don't like you that um, much. I mean, come on. I listen. Speaking of like um, comedians and sobriety and so on, I listened to Bill Maher this week and he had Matthew Perry on who was talking about the new memoir, right? Yes. And, um, Let's get that book right now. We should. We should. I'm going to download yeah, it. Too. Um, but it was a couple of things struck me. One, Bill Maher was like, you know, he said something like, "Well, he's like, uh, I guess you found out you're one of those people that can't handle is the drugs." He's like, "I still take lots of drugs and I'm fine." You know, Bill Maher said he that. He said and, that. Yeah. And. And then at the end of the interview, you know, it was actually a good interview because Bill said, you know, I think you're going to find that your best days are still ahead of you. Your best roles are still ahead of you. You're Who was he talking to? Matthew Perry? Matthew Perry, yeah. Well, who's still, do oh, Bill Maher still doing drugs, interviewing yes, Matthew Perry. Correct. Got it. Right. And then, uh, but at the end of the interview, um, 
They, he asked Matthew Perry, he's like, do you still have any cravings for drugs or alcohol? And he's like, no, I, I don't. I'm really, I'm really um, settled in my sobriety right now. And Bill Maher says, well, good, then don't come to the don't come to the party after the show. But he said it in a way that was like, He's it fucking, or... pi- yeah, it kind of pissed me off because I'm like, the, well, the, the assumption is like, you know, if you were, if you are recovered from drug and alcohol addiction, like you can't go to a party where people are doing drugs and alcohol because you're going to like just become like some kind of a, a monster or something. <laughs> right, you know? right. I'm going to make and, everyone feel bad. And I get that Matthew Perry like was a bit of a monster with drugs, you know. Like, I don't know his story at all, so I'm excited to yeah, read this I mean, book. it's from what I've been able to gather through the media that's been around lately, it was it was really something. He was He needed to have part of his like colon removed. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> you just got a picture for everybody. Yes. Um, um, so that's interesting. I'm looking forward to hearing that. But Bill Maher in general, uh, had, that's his like shtick. He's kind of an asshole, smarty pants. Well, he smokes a lot of weed. He's very involved yeah. in pot legalization and stuff, which is fine. He takes a lot of psychedelics, whatever. He's very smart. And sometimes I really like what he says. Other times I'm like, eh, that's ridiculous. You know? yeah, I don't have I don't to put agree much with stock everything in he his, says. Yeah. You know. Um, huh. I, can I just tell you, like, yeah. we're, um, we're sitting here in this parking lot, right? Yeah. And I'm watching the people walk by, and it's mostly men in, like, their late 50s, early 60s. And somebody near us has been blasting Led Zeppelin at the top a top volume for the last 10 minutes. I don't know if you guys can hear it. And I've been smelling, like, <laughs> weed see- and cigarettes and everything, <laughs> and, and there's all these people. And I've seen, like, three women, which is unusual at a Yes show. Usually there's none. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but it's just a bizarre scene. Like everybody's like making the run into the theater because I assume because they have to use the bathroom and and get drinks in beforehand. Um, I mean, it's already looking like a younger crowd than the Jethro Tull show. The Jethro Tull show was positively geriatric. Yeah. I have never seen a bunch of older people. Um, but and that was a weird show because it was at a, at a college uh, dorm or something. Yeah, yeah, that was. It was like at the quad of yeah, a community college the, in the cafeteria. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the Ramones in the cafeteria at Fordham. Oh, was, nice. Yeah, that was a good show. Some of the best shows happen in cafeterias. Yeah. Um, yeah, but um, I don't know. The crowd, we smelled a lot of marijuana at the la- or cannabis, I should say, at the last um, uh, septuagenarian uh, infested <laughs> rock show. So I don't know. Maybe all of the people in their 60s and 70s are starting to smoke pot. Right? Yeah. Because now that it's legal, can right. you imagine if you were like, coming of age in the 60s yeah. where pot was like the biggest evil like, right. to society like it was so counterculture to smoke pot back then but now it's sort of like mm-hmm. you watch WWE and they have a wrestler whose whole shtick is 420 bro <laughs> he's like a 420 guy I'm like wow it's just it's so different now so these guys have to be just flipping their lids like I, I can get pot and nobody cares it, it's a, it's so normative in the culture now like my my son came home from college a few weeks ago he's he's been having a rough time down there yeah. uh socially like he, he's not a partier uh which is very different from what he was in high school anybody that's listened to the earlier episodes in the show knows the kind of trouble i was having with this yeah. kid like a few years ago but um but we were driving around when he came home for a visit and he was just, he just opened up. I guess he kind of figured the statute of limitations on anything he'd done in high school was had run because I couldn't uh, yell at him or punish him anymore for it. And he's pretty much right about that. You know, but he was telling me about how kids nowadays uh, at the high school are just like vaping weed in class. They're yeah. not even going to the bathroom because it's like, well, you can get away it, with it. It doesn't smell that much. It's just you like when just I vape it. in your car or in your basement, I just blow it into my scarf or something. Yeah. It doesn't but it, smell, but it's just, but it's, it's not pot. I'm it's, just, it's such a different environment from like the 1980s where if you wanted to smoke a cigarette, there was no way to hide smoking no, a cigarette in a bathroom. It. Right. That's why I loved acid in high school. But anyway, he, he was, th- <laughs> you I mean, you can hide, you can sure you can hide acid. You can't really hide the fact that you're on acid very well I, yeah it's, it's difficult but it's a 14 year old i got good at it well and he he said he told me funny stories like i remember this one time i was sitting in my room and i was so stoned and mom came up to ask me something and like i looked at her and she didn't even look human to me <laughs> i was like jesus <laughs> christ why are you why, uh, he's opening up he is and i was encouraging the uh and he's like there's so many kids who just smoke weed all day smoke weed every day yeah, we don't have my board um and uh, we just basically spent the entire four years of high school in outer space, you know. Yeah. And uh, it's really, it's worrisome because I have, you know, 
Ben and Noah are in seventh grade and very impressionable. And, yeah. you know, Ben, he sees people smoke vaping in the bathroom all the time. And, you know, it's, it's like a whole, uh, you know, I worry, I worry. I worry, too. And when I was, sometimes I would talk about um, drug use amongst kids and drinking, why I don't drink. I haven't gotten into that. Uh, you know, I'm a recovered drug addict mm. with him. I mean, I, I, I make it sort of all about alcohol. Right, me too. Um, but when I do talk about it, I'm very candid with him about, you know, when he has questions about it, like, you know, the difference between pot and how I tell him, you know, I don't want you to really drink ever, mm-hmm. you know, and just stay away from that. Just ruin it'll ruin your life, you know, but he's like, well, what about pot? You know, and I'm like, you know, I'm just honest with him. I said, uh, you know, you have a developing brain. It's studies that show right. it's really bad idea to smoke pot like before you're like 18 at the very least, probably till you're 25. But I said, look, it's not going to kill you and it's better than drinking, you know. Like because it is, I'm just being honest. With yeah, him, I know, you know, I know. But it's it's it feels weird to say that. Yeah, though. but I feel like if I'm honest with him about that, when I tell him, there is no such thing as heroin. You can't get cocaine. Right. It's all fentanyl, and right. it will kill you. Right. He'll believe me because right. I was honest about the pot. I've been beating that drum with you know Jack I mean? a lot about how you any kind of weird drugs you, you want to take on the mess street. Around. Yeah, you can't even buy. You shouldn't even buy weed off the street because it's got stuff. You know. Well, that's and, what, and you know what. Yeah. I, and, I, and I remember when I was seventeen, and people would tell, "Oh, the pot is laced with the." You know, yeah. I'd be like, "Yeah, whatever, man." You know, but I, I, I hope kids are a little more. I hope they're scared shitless. Yeah. Because since I started talking to Noah about these things. People have been dropping like flies yeah. in the news, in our lives, mm-hmm. friends, family, celebrities. And every time it comes up, I, I don't mince words. I said, Noah, 23-year-olds don't have heart attacks or die of sudden, you know, natural causes. That was drugs. Right. And, and I, you know, I'm do, using a little scare tactics, but it's reality. Mm-hmm. Like, people are dying all the time. I said, I've lost over a dozen friends and family, you know, from... Drugs, like straight up, it will kill you, you know. And I feel like, you know, at first my wife was a little bit like, don't, don't say. It. I'm like, I want him to know what yeah. he's up against because he's going to see it at yeah. school. I mean, and he already watches like Breaking Bad without, you know. And <laughs> what is it about Breaking Bad that's become like? I don't know. Because Jack too, he's obsessed with it. It's something to do with TikTok. Yeah. Like anytime there's a resurgence in something like that, it's hundred percent some jackass TikToker like. TikTok is very strange because, um, it, you know, Ben comes up with jokes and stuff and, and all this stuff. And, and uh, you have a whole generation of kids who's, who are being brought up now with this this very laissez-faire attitude about um, about cannabis use. Yeah. You know, meanwhile, at the same time, like they're finally able to study cannabis in a way they weren't able to do in the right. 60s. So like. Every day a new study drops how it's bad for developing brains. And like today I saw one that's like it shrinks your balls or something. And I was like, I was going to be like, hey, Jack, don't don't smoke weed. It's going to shrink your balls. You know, I don't know if that would get through. But, uh, you know, it's uh, the more they find out, like the the more they realize, you know, that maybe it's not as benign as everybody thinks it is. And I don't know if that's just because um, uh, because the THC content is so much higher and you're dealing with with pot that's not the same way it was when the hippies were smoking it, you know, in the 60s and or the punks or the neo-hippies like me were smoking it in the 80s, you know. I heard it's very strong. It, it is. Know, I've like, had some in the last few years, and it really is, you know, you know not it, recently, recently. Like, but. you can go and, and, like, you can get it like it's almost purified, the same way, like, crack is purified yeah. cocaine. Yeah. Or, it's like, wax, you know, isolated. Yeah. You could do that. Dimitri was smoking with, um, wax in his room a lot. That's straight up. Not that's not smoking pot. No, it makes anymore. you. Co- it's a drug. It makes you like comatose. Yeah. Um, and that's the other thing. To I mean, I, you know, I said to Dimitri, you know, what did you were you thinking about fentanyl? Were you thinking about any of this kind of stuff? And um, you know, he was aware of it, and he's like, yeah, there were a few junkies in school, and and you know, you'd know who was doing heroin and stuff. But I but I got this sense that it was not something that was sort of normal. You know, people yeah. were not looking for opiates. You know, they were just mostly involved into psychedelics. Right. Uh, but he did tell me that the he's like, you know, it, it was always great when you could get carts 
uh, cartridges for the vape mm. like that were from a dispensary. He's like, but nine times out of 10, it was some guy making it in his basement with yeah. weird carrier oils and he didn't know what else That's was in there. That's when people were getting those respiratory right, problems because right. it had something acetate in it. Um, and I don't know what the answer yeah. is. I mean, you know, Ben, I've been, I've been beating the drumbeat for Ben for years, like alcohol, bad drugs, bad, you know, and you wonder if you're just seeding the, you know, sowing the field with the wrong kind of seed, like, yeah. you know, because people at some point, like you, you turn 14, you know, and all of a sudden you, you know, everything and everything your parents tell you is bullshit. Right. right? So they're going to do the opposite. Right. So, so dad's been telling me that all this stuff is bad all along, you know, what does he know? You know? Uh, yeah. Well, that's when it sort of comes time. Maybe at some point I just, I've been thinking about this. When am I going to break my anonymity with Noah? Like that's like a break. That's like emergency break glass. Mm-hmm. If, you know, like when are we going to reach back into our toolkit and bring out the fact that we've recovered from narcotics and like just send them a link to the show <laughs> yeah, yeah i mean like you know because that could go a long way because they can never say you don't know what i'm going through. right if it ever gets there and god help me if it does right you know and i hope it's not one of those things where it's like don't think about an elephant don't think about an elephant right and all they hear is right. elephant <laughs> elephant well i mean it didn't work for me so well with dimitri because at the you know when he was just getting started i was at the tail end of my pot smoking career yeah. and he found, found my weed in the safe and it yeah. was like all of a sudden my credibility was gone you know yeah. i couldn't and it, although I, I i do credit that period of time with with the decision for me to finally put everything down because I'm like, I can't, I can't handle him going through an addiction, you know, a nascent addiction issue while I'm struggling with, you know, alcohol at the same time. Like we can't, you can't, I I can't do it. It's like every time you watch intervention and the, the dad's a drunk, but he's not part, he's part of the intervention, but not the one being, the, the kid always goes, I learned it from you. I learned it from watching you, Dad. And, uh, <laughs> and they try to give them, uh, right. you know, treatment as well. But it's true. Like, look, none of us is perfect, um, and uh, and that's important. Like, just the fact that we're giving like our kids advice. Like, I don't ever want it to be misconstrued. Like, I know everything. Yeah. You know, I don't because that's exactly what's going to turn it off. Right. Man, right. It, it has been so crazy trying to negotiate. With a twelve-year-old, yes. just everything, yep. showers, right, brushing your hair, doing your homework, like it's just been so crazy, you know. But it's uh, it's good to do it without being half in the bag all the time. I don't you know? know how I was I don't as drunk as I used to be. Don't because don't. I have to be on like Donkey Kong. I mean, from the minute I wake up <laughs> six o'clock to the minute I close my eyes at like 11.30 after I put Noah down and get him to bed. Mm. It's nonstop. It is. It really is. But maybe that's why I don't have time to think about using, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like my job. I mean, I'm well, your doing, priorities flipped, yeah, right? Just, yeah. You know, when I was at the store all day doing nothing, all I could think about was, you know, either doing the show, which is great, but I was obsessing over not drinking, not using, mm-hmm. you know, the, the first couple of years and it didn't go well. No. So I don't know. Like uh, now, now it's like you barely think about it at all. Right. You know, it's not even a factor. And that hasn't that been the goal all along to get like a life back where you're not obsessing over the over like using or, or not obsessing about not using. Yeah. And um, interestingly enough. This is something that Mike and I talked about when we were like, should we keep doing the show? Yeah. Like, because we were feeling really bad just because we love the show. We love hanging out with each other. We love talking to you guys. And it just hasn't been possible. And it was sort of like, then we started to like uh, rationalize doing it. Mm -hmm. And one of Mike's rationalizations was that isn't the goal to (laughs) not think about this stuff all the time? And, to not, and short answer is yes, that is pretty much the goal, um, but not really. The goal is to never drink or use again, yeah, and live, right, a, live a full right. life, right? So if doing a show like this and, and still engaging in a recovery community helps you do that, that's a good thing. See, I'm selling you back the other way. 
Yeah, I, I don't disagree. And I, and I don't think what I was doing was really so much a ras- rationalization as it was like the idea that maybe sometimes I want to take off the jacket of Mr. Recovery yeah. and just like it's just live lot. my life, <laughs> you know, without it's having lot. to think about like I basically stopped listening to all recovery Me podcasts. Too. Like I, I just I just Completely. can't. I, I can't I, hear it anymore. Yeah, I, I've heard it too much. I still listen to Dopey. and Well, do, you know why Dopey's good? Because Dopey comes at it from a, a d- slightly different angle. Yeah. You know, it's not I mean, experience, strength, and hope. It's no, like. And Dave is very sharp, and he's a good interviewer. Like, yeah. a lot of these, like, I love Annie Grace. God bless her. She she increased the audience for our yes, podcast thank you, by, Annie. you know, hundreds of, hundreds of people a week. And her book is amazing. But her podcast, like, is like. There's no like back and forth. There's no, you know, she, she's not an interviewer. She'll just like set you in motion yeah. and there you go. Well, you, I mean, you did it. She so gave you know. me enough she, rope to hang myself with, that's <laughs> for sure. But I mean, but Dave is an insightful interviewer. Like he will, he will ask probing questions. He'll follow up on questions that he asked earlier. He's very good. Yeah. He's very good. Yeah. Sometimes he'll ask a question that I'm like, ooh, that yeah, was a, that's good, a good one. one. Yeah. And then I'll text him like, that was a good one. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. mean, the, uh, he, you know, he, and he's interviewed some people that I, I just find Fascinating, like Jerry Garcia's uh, wife, and yeah, uh, you know Maya Salovitz. Who this, you know. the Maya Salovitz uh, interview that he did was excellent. Let me tell you guys, um, if you were at DopeyCon and you got to to listen to her, or you've read her books, Undoing Drugs. Mm-hmm. Did we do a show on that yet, or did I just read it? Um, I don't remember. We did um, show on one of her books. Man, she, <laughs> her, and Tracy Helton uh, are the two two of my favorite harm reduction, like journalist scholars. Um, she's just got such a cogent, clear, like coherent, like idea of what she's trying to like, what she's trying to do with harm reduction. Like any question that gets thrown at her, she gives like a great, reasonable, insightful answer. Right. Based on like her philosophy of harm reduction. It's just like nobody is quite as sharp, I think, at harm reduction as she is. For my money. And um, she sold Coke to Jerry Garcia. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great story, too. She has some great stories yeah. on top of it, you know. Yeah. Did she say she's still on Suboxone, or did I imagine that? I, you know what? I didn't listen to the whole thing. I so thought I, mean, I heard her say that, and then I let it go. But even if she is, that means yeah, she's living the harm reduction yeah. life, man. I mean, she was pretty um, out there, too. I mean, I, you know, yeah. she, she folded a lot of her personal story into, into one, yeah. whatever book it was. You know, it's funny. Like, I can't remember what book we read, because... Occasionally, like and this is a little bit of a squirrel aside. Oh, Dopamine Nation, or no? That's yeah, it, no, Lam- that was uh, the other one. Lambert, uh, Lemke, uh, Lemke, Lemke. But I, I occasionally, like a monster, will message me or post in um, post in the Facebook group. Ah, it's so funny. I was listening to episode thirty-seven. You know, uh, six pack. <laughs> ha ha. You know, and I'm like, what the fuck yeah, are they no, talking no, about? I'm, like, I, I just. I don't. Re- we did so many shows yeah. like in the beginning, and yeah. it was such a weird time. Like COVID was like a fucking time warp. I'm man. afraid to listen to the old. Shows. I, I can't. I can't do it. I I'm can't like, go back and listen. It's this amazing like time capsule. But guys, let me just. I'm going to just tell you this out front. If you want me to comment on something that I, we did in an earlier show, you got to give me some context. Yeah, just so a little bit. jog the memory because <laughs> because uh, my memory sucks. I'm 54 years old. I don't remember what I what I did two days ago. But yeah, yeah, but. Uh, um, yeah, thank you guys for for just sticking with us and uh, continue to like reach out to us and recover together. Um, it's Thanksgiving, I think. Yeah. Uh, wait, how much time do we have for this? We got a little time. Okay, good. Um, Thanksgiving is coming. I don't think we're going to get another show before Thanksgiving. No, I don't think so. So I wanted to take this time to wish. You smell the weed? Yeah, I smell Somebody that. Somebody smoke like. And but I'm uh, I'm watching people with walkers going in I here. Know. Like, who's smoking oh, all this they're dope? Definitely getting. I mean, we're probably getting a contact high in here. Um, I wanted to wish all the monsters like a Thanksgiving, not like a Thanksgiving, a Thanksgiving. Merry Thanksgiving. Do we say Merry Thanksgiving? You can say whatever you Happy want. Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. What are your plans for Thanksgiving? Oh, <laughs> uh, we're having twenty people at the house. Yeah, cheese and crackers. So it's <laughs> so it's been a little tense uh, around the house. Um, mm-hmm. 
because Aaron decided that we Who's coming? all it? new furniture. Oh well. yeah? Uh no, no, I'm just kidding. We we both we, we were <laughs> My wife's of, doing that too now. We needed we went to Lowe's to look for a new front door. I'm like, really? Okay. But I th- I think Aaron and I both do this. Like yeah. before there's this amazing thing that we have to do all this planning for. We're both like, let's <laughs> spend three days looking at, you know, new new couches. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know, because yeah. well, it's, it's, avoidance, it's avoidance therapy, right. you know. But um yeah, it's it's both. Well, it's very interesting. It's both sides of the family. So, mm. and none of them are mine because my relatives are for the most part deceased or live elsewhere. But um, her father and her mother are not married, but they both have significant others, and there's oh. aunts and uncles and cousins. But both sides are coming. Are they all cool with each other? Yeah, everybody I mean, seems to get mature. along. Yeah, you know, at this point, what are you going to do, right? And everybody, it's and we're we were the only ones who really were volunteering to host. Anyway, so it's a lot of people. It is, but house. you know what? We're ordering. We, we're ordering a lot of food. Wait, where's the dining? I'm, I'm picturing the dining room where the dogs attack me. Yes. So you're going to see people there. Yeah, I have two kitchen. leaves I can put in that table and right. make it bigger in the kitchen. There's kids other table. places for people How many to kids sit. Are gonna be there? You know what? We're not. I'm going to let people take their plates and sit anywhere. Oh, nice. I'm not going to do. Brilliant. Nobody has to sit at a long table like it's some fucking. That's you know, the best Adam's way to do family it. Thanksgiving. I haven't had yeah. a big Thanksgiving in a long time, but when we used to, yeah, that was the best way to do yeah. it. Yeah, it, it's the only way that makes any sense. Yeah. But you know, we ordered a lot of food from what's that uh, deli? And uh, Woodbury, or that Italian st- Ivoroni brothers. Oh, Ivoroni. Yeah, yeah. So we got like the Thanksgiving feast from them, but I got the turkey raw. I'm going to cook the turkey, and people are bringing stuff. So, you know, it's going to be kind of light lifting. We just need to make sure the place is like clean and in order, and the drug and the drugs, <laughs> the dogs are tranquilized. The drugs are dog <laughs> More weed. Somebody is fucking really ripping it up. Yeah. Well, uh, Thanksgiving this year. Yeah, what are you doing? I am looking forward to it. You know, this post-COVID, like, holidays coming back, it's just, it's still new for me. I'm still, it's yeah. still novel. I'm still like, oh, this is going to be great. It's going to be very small Thanksgiving. Um, my brother's with his wife's family, and they're a big Catholic family. It's like, she's got four brothers and sisters, and they have six kids each, and it's like 100 grandkids, and they live in Florida? Or something. <laughs> That's a state in the South. Yeah, Florida. Florida. So, um, in any case, so we have, we're we going, have monsters in Florida. We do. Yes, uh, it's my favorite state in the South. It is. No. Why? Because it is. I'm trying to think. What, oh no, Texas. Texas is my favorite. Is Texas a southern state? Um, it's technically Mexico, isn't it? I mean, it was. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, for the first time in a long time, we're gonna have. Thanksgiving at my parents' house, the oh. house, my ancestral home, right, where I was raised, the haunted mansion, um, and my mother is seventy-eight years old, and she's she has some trouble hearing, and she has some trouble remembering things, mm. um, but she's very able-bodied. Mm-hmm. They still exercise constantly. Good. So she's very healthy in that way. And so it's just going to be myself. Oh, I shouldn't say myself. It shouldn't be. I, so my dad was giving me a hard time about saying myself. It'll be me. Don't internalize your father's criticism. I know, I can't. He's constantly criticizing me <laughs> in the back of my head and in real life. And um, so it's just going to be me, my wife, my kids, and then Christine's mother and sister and my parents and my Aunt Ruthie. <laughs> it seems like a fair amount of people. But it's like, usually it's like 25 yeah. people. Like you, it was like a 22, 23. But it's going to be great to go back to the old haunted mansion and... You know, um, have my mom be the actual host. She hasn't been the host of Thanksgiving. Yeah, she must enjoy in that. many years. Yeah. Like, she's we took it over, it, yeah. and it's just going to be nice. You know, she's a little excited and stressed out about having to do it, but uh, who knows if this will be the last one we're able to do there. Um, you know, you just don't know. And I don't. think about that stuff all the time. Like, I when know. is it the last time? I know. You only start thinking about that when you get older, too. Yeah. Do you, I think I know the answer to this because I've been to your house for barbecue, but um, you serve, like if you were having Thanksgiving at your house, you would serve alcohol. At this stage in my, uh, in my recovery, yes, I will serve for a long, but let me just say that for the first two or three years, for the first two or three years where I was trying to get sober, what was failing, we didn't have alcohol. And, mm-hmm. and we were still hosting. You just hit it in the garage. Yeah. Well, I was still hiding in here and there. <laughs> right. But once I got actual sober, right, I still didn't have alcohol in the house for about two years, I think. And then when I became like, oh, well, this is no big deal. I don't care. I don't even want it. 
And you could tell, like, certain people in my family, they like to have a glass of wine. Mm-hmm. They drink like gentlemen, you know, fine. And it didn't bother me. So right. now we'll have a couple of bottles of wine. But you can tell my family is nervous to drink too much in front of me. I don't know why. That's I don't good, judge though. them. But you can see <laughs> the difference when, like... You're making them healthier. I Maybe. You're just <laughs> giving them some kind of guilt. But I almost... I don't want them to feel that way. Like, get no. drunk. Like, have fun, yeah. you know? Right. Um, do what you want, you know? Just don't hurt yourself. <laughs> and, and that's it. But, yeah, we'll serve alcohol and, you know... Uh, my wife is more comfortable having alcohol in the house. She likes to have a glass of wine, you know, once in a while. And, you know, um, it didn't used to be like this. Mm-hmm. You know, if there was a bottle of wine in my house, that wouldn't last the night. You know what I mean? And we've had the same alcohol in our fridge in the garage, you know, for two or three years now. And mm-hmm. I just don't care. I don't know. Yeah. It if, doesn't if, bother me. If I have like a barbecue or something in the summertime and I have beer and... Uh, I end up like it sits in the cooler for six months and I end up having to open it and pour it out down the drain and it's and beer sitting in a cooler for six months in the sun smells really bad when you pour it out. So it's a, it's a really yeah. negative uh, reinforcement for that. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it, it was, I have an anecdote before you yes, go on. Okay. I wanted to say um, here's just one anecdote about how different things are now than they were just the other night. Christine was my wife is on the couch And uh, she was having a glass of wine. We were watching TV and she was getting tired. And she said to me, honey, can you just take this glass to the to Mm. the kitchen and just dump it out for me? Mm. And in my head, that second, because I can go back to the time like this. Right. When there was so much tension about my drinking Mm -hmm. that it was just no way ever that she would ever even feel remotely comfortable suggesting that. And I just, you know, I took it and I dumped it out, put the glass down, and I was like, "Good for me." Like, <laughs> look at look, look at how far we've come, you know. And I, it's it's good to look back sometimes at where you are now, and try and compare it, you know. Sure. To it really was a lot worse. Well, you know? something to be thankful for this yeah. Thanksgiving, right? Absolutely. I think there might be a lot of people who are newer to sobriety oh there goes there goes a 65 year old man with a red solo cup he's hitting before yeah. on his way in uh who may feel uncomfortable about going to some place at a relative or friend or family yeah. that has a lot of alcohol you know and you know i can understand that but the thing that i realized really early on is that you know even though my mental outlook completely changed about alcohol like i just i, I don't i don't i don't like it yeah. i don't like to see it i don't like it around um, there is no way that the world is ever going to come to uh, see things the same way I do. Yeah, and uh, that's okay. I just have to, you know, I had to learn how to navigate around the fact that it's always going to be there, even though, you know, when I serve it in my house, like it's never, it never even was an, it was a question as to whether I wouldn't. Um, right. It just if somebody and and nobody in my family big, are big drinkers at all. You know, I, my father in law has been an AA for thirty years. Right. You know, so. Um, I just had, to, you know, so anybody out there, you know, if you feel super uncomfortable going somewhere where there's a lot of booze, don't stay for too long. You don't yeah. have to. You don't have to stay for pumpkin pie. You're usually full after the turkey anyway. Don't know? be afraid to say no, or if you like, like yeah. Mike said, to be able to leave. And I think maybe the best thing uh, is to just communicate with your family beforehand. Yeah. So you don't feel awkward that hey. Um, I might need to just like leave and I just need you to understand right type of thing. So um, I and, always and, did that. And if you don't feel like, you know, outing yourself like that, just start a discussion about Trump announcing another presidential run <laughs> and you'll either be thrown out or, or you, can, you can leave of your own accord and blame and blame Trump. <laughs> to, to give you an idea of how disconnected I've been from the news. I saw that like yesterday and I go, Trump decided to run again, but I hadn't, I don't watch guys. I am, I don't watch the news anymore. Yeah, I have yeah. completely disconnected. I started watching a little bit so I could vote and then I'm out. Yeah. Like I just, it's too much. So yeah, bring up politics. If you want to distract from your not drinking, <laughs> I think that's a good move. Find your drunkest relative and go, and goad them with the opposite opinion of what they hold. Yeah. Don't do that. Don't do but, that. Uh, <laughs> Don't do that. Have a great Thanksgiving. And, you know, if you're feeling feeling down and depressed, 
A lot of people get that way during and Thanksgiving. And you need a helping hand. Reach out. The monsters are are here. You know, you can try and message us. I, I answer. You can try. The time. There's no guarantees. I'm, I'm pretty good at answering, like on Facebook or, or um, you know, on Discord. I, I try and pop in as much as I can. You know, reach out. There's a community out there. That's what we built this podcast for. Like, that's right. We did not build this podcast to like make ourselves look good or something like well, that. Well, they made a little yeah, bit, yeah, a little bit. But that's not what this is for. This is for everyone, including us, to help recover, to create a, a community of support, and that's the most important thing. So keep reaching out and um, keep reaching for the stars. Keep reaching for the stars and just um. We miss you guys. Yeah, Are we, we wrapping do. it up? Do we have to go in? I think we should probably go in yeah. because we need to get a couple Shirley Temples yes. before we sit down. We'll load up in grenadine. Yeah. Mm. Is there, there's no alcohol in that, is there? No, I don't yeah. think. If there is, we'll get two. <laughs> uh, so we'll be back after the show for a quick recap. Yes. Just to sort of try and fill, up, fill out the hour. That's a great idea. Yeah. So will we be right back after these words? We'll be right back after these words. Uh, And we're back. And we're back. Welcome to Recovery in the Middle Ages, the podcast about two middle-aged suburban dads in their pursuit of life, love, and recovery. I'm Nat X. I'm Mike. And boy, did we have a show for you. <laughs> yeah, why are you doing this now? Because I was like, I didn't get it out before, and it's like not a show if I don't get those like staples in, you know? Okay. I feel like Whatever you say. I'd be remiss if I didn't do it. But um, so we uh, that was an interesting thing that we just encountered. Uh, so we saw the Yes show. Yes. Um, Steve Howe is 190 years old and he looks like Gollum. He's a bit Gollum-y, but he's he's wafer thin <laughs> and he's he's a brilliant. Let me tell you guys, once I realized that it was Steve Howe. It just hit me. Um, I've been listening to that record, Fragile, just that one record, Fragile, for a thousand years. and it, It's been out for a thousand years. It has been out for... But specifically, there's a piece on there called Mood for a Day, which is Steve's How, Steve Howe's attempt at writing a classical piece of music, which is really cool. And it was the first classical guitar piece that I ever like really? learned and attempted to learn. And I used it to get into as one of my pieces to get into music school. I played that. And then cool. there is the guy who composed it. I know. That's always a, a trip, right? And I'm like, holy shit. Not only that, they played my favorite song, everybody's favorite song, Roundabout. Right. And that other track from Fragile. Uh, Heart of the Sunrise. And then a woman got hit by a car. It was great. Yeah. As we were leaving, we hear, <laughs> we hear this commotion right in front of the place, and we walk around this car, and there's these two elderly people who I assume were concert goers, since there was a lot of elderly uh, concert yeah. goers, hunched over this woman who was screaming because she had just been hit by their car. She was, it was lying. so surreal. Yeah. It was in the parking lot, and Mike and I were walking by, and we could hear the woman going, oh, you know, she was crying, basically. Yes. Out. And then there was a man outside of his car, hunched over her. He didn't know what to do. And I looked at Mike, and I'm like, what? Because we're just trying to escape, you know? And uh, it was crazy. Yeah, you called 911. You did I, your, a mitzvah there. I did. I did a mitzvah. I said, I can't, I can't live with myself if I just walk away from this. So I called 911, and I... I thought that woman was going to keep me on the phone for a while. She's like, what's the make and model of the car? She goes, what color is it? I'm like, it's dark and I'm colorblind. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so I, in any case, I'm sure the woman is fine. Well, she, I don't know. She didn't seem fine. Well, you know, she what? was putting on a show. I mean, uh, she did get hit by a think? car. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I mean, she kept, I mean, maybe she, she broke something. She was screaming and screeching. You know. I mean, I'm sure it hurts <laughs> if you get your pelvis run over by a I mean, car. What's a, a cracked pelvis? I mean... It's not that bad. What's it? Is it? What is it? It's, it's like probably a couple hundred thousand. You crack your coccyx? I don't know. <laughs> you looking at my coccyx? No, but the poor woman, hopefully she's fine. But the man who hit her with the car um, said, yes, she was hit by a car and he stayed with her. So um, so he looked like he was probably in his late 60s. Late 60s. Same with his wife, yeah. who looked maybe a little older. So I'm wondering when the cops get there, yeah. are they going uh, to make them blow? 
because dude because i have to tell you people were wasted in that show and these are not young people you know like some of these guys look like they were one or two uh Budweiser's away from a heart attack. Uh, it was scary. <laughs> yeah. And I have to say, I uh, I tried to go to the bathroom at one point. Oh, yeah. What happened in the bathroom? You came back and you were like, it's weird in there. Yeah, man. Like, and I don't know if I've talked about this, but I'm very pee shy. I'm not good at urinating in public. Wait for the stall. That's what I tried to do. But the scene in there, I'm like, I don't want to stand what here What scene? It was a bunch of like elderly men. But uh, <laughs> I was not comfortable. Was there. They were wasted playing air guitar with their bellies and canes out and like <laughs> guy to my right it's like the urinals where there's no like covering and you just old men schmeckles and on the la- I'm like I just couldn't do it and men are walking by me and it's wet and the floor is wet so and you've been just, holding it all this time I'm holding it you know I waited for a stall when I went. I tried to, but I was assaulted by um, all you know of what? these there's old very, drunks. There's very little room between the mm. urinal and the stall. It's I only found like myself a standing foot. there with the guy peeing right next to me, yeah. and then a guy's walking by, and I'm trying to get to the stall, and there's people in the stalls, and it's bit Forget it. Was anyone smoking pot in there when you were in there? I couldn't tell. I could just smell it everywhere. Yeah, there were a couple of old older guys who were just standing up and dancing and and you could you could see the because we, we were pretty close we were like yeah. the second row and and you could tell the band members looking at them and just kind of rolling their eyes you yeah. know like, like they, just like with the fist pumping yeah. they're in the front row and it's like i get it you're it's excited not, it's not a fucking taylor swift concert new, right new. The, the guys in the, in the band you know None of them were drinking. That that music no. it requires a precision that you know. If you, you were if you were hitting the sauce, that would be hard to do. You can't have no sauce when you're. And I even saw. I don't know if you guys have ever watched the um, videotape of Woodstock, when the hippie ladies did a special spazzo dance. Where oh yeah. They would like so there was definitely. Or if an you've old, ever been to a dead show, it's like so, she was doing that thing. Yeah. So there was a woman out of control doing that, just like in the back row. Yeah, and I was like, okay, we are going somewhere tonight. <laughs> so, but it was great. Thank you so much for inviting me. Oh, it's great. It was great. And, uh, so uh, we're gonna have to go see some music that's not related to the band. Yes, I agree. Um, I think a Martin Sexton show would be uh, sure. And I, why not? Or that, or um, you know, we could take our wives to something. Yeah, I was thinking that one of these days. Uh, what do you want to see? I don't know. We'll think about it. Maybe the cure's coming around again. The cure? Me. Yeah, I know. It's kind of where Strange I'm attraction spreads its wings. That one? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to get you to Jane's Addiction. Jane's Addiction would have been great. But, uh, you guys were like, you weren't biting on that one. Why didn't we go to that show? I don't know. It was a Friday night at uh, UBS. A couple, think, about a month ago. I don't know why we didn't go to that. I mean, it's not usually my flavor of music, but... Uh, there was a reason for that because we both loved those bands. Hmm. Um, but um, overall, it's been a lot of fun. Um, I'm uh, we're sitting in the driveway at my house, Monsters. Um, it's it's been a long time. Yeah, and this is gonna kind of not the length of show that you are accustomed to, but it's probably the one that you're gonna get going forward. Maybe like an hour, maybe a little more than an hour, right? Yeah, I feel like. At least, like, we got to do this. There's some really exciting things coming up as far as new books, some documentaries. There's a great, to Leslie, it was a really interesting film that Mark Maron produced or directed or acted. Yeah, I heard about that. I wanted to talk about that one. Okay. Uh, So, Monsters, do your homework. Read that um, Matthew Perry book. Right. And watch To Leslie. I think that's going to be worth discussing. Is that on Netflix or something? Is it, um, out? Is it on a streaming? Oh, we'll figure it out. I can't ever remember where things are streaming these days. Right. I just sort of hope for the best. When can, I, I, can I say it was very considerate of Yes to end the show at about the two-hour mark at yeah. 10 o'clock? Because this yeah. is like, that's enough of this me being perfect. out. Because I'm going to go in. I know Noah's waiting up for me. Is he? Uh, yeah, he always waits up for me. Nobody waits up for me. Yeah. Everybody's asleep by the time I get Well, Well, no, Jack's playing video games. He doesn't want anything to do with me. Ben is probably asleep, and Erin is probably asleep. Although I told Erin about the accident, and she's like, "Did you, is the ambulance there? And I'm, I, I'm like, no, yeah. we didn't wait for it. So I mean, kind of a crazy night, but it's always good. You know what? To kind of out. a crazy night. Yes. This is a crazy night. I'll take this kind of crazy night any day. Any day of the week. <laughs> I will, because I have had much crazier nights going to shows. That's funny that you said that. You know, it's like we're the ones walking away from the horrific accident. 
Right? <laughs> well, you, Not, did, you did your piece. The woman had right. lots of people around her trying to help her, you know. I felt bad that the woman on 911, she's like, well, was she hit by the car? And I'm just like, well, I'm not sure. I walked out and there she was. She's laying under the wheels. I mean, anecdotal (laughs) evidence would suggest (laughs) that indeed she was hit by this car. I said, but I don't know if she... If she got, if she fell down and the car pulled up, she goes, sir, can you please ask them? And I was like, okay, this is awkward. Did you ask? Yeah. I walked up to the guy who was holding her head and I said, uh, was she hit by a car? <laughs> he goes, uh-huh. I was like, yes, she was hit by a car. Yeah, I went to get, I went to tell the security guard that yeah. there was an accident while you were, I guess, interrogating the, the yeah. wounded person. Yes. Um, hmm. Yeah, well, hopefully, hopefully the lighting was adequate because mm-hmm. if I were the person who was hit by the car and I was their lawyer, I would suggest suing both the, <laughs> the driver of the car and the venue because the venue has a much bigger insurance policy. Yes, that, that I want you to all advice. picture Mike holding a business card <laughs> in one hand, a briefcase in the other, with the tails of his uh, blazer flapping in the wind, racing after an ambulance. <laughs> <laughs> That is the, the trip and fall. Well, all I'm saying is if she wants to us. make some money. She's got to sue the venue because the driver's probably only got a, a $25,000 or a $50,000 policy, and that's not going to be enough, even if she has her medical coverage. Do you want to go back? This should not be construed as legal advice. She's probably still there. We should head back. <laughs> Listen, um, I'm sure she'll have no problem finding a personal injury lawyer on Long Island. <laughs> there might be one or two around. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Oh, and that night stayed sober. We drank Shirley oh, yeah. Temples. Yes, we did. And split a brownie. It was romantic. Oh, it was funny because uh, when we ordered the Shirley Temples, this old grizzled, you know, bartendress type. Yeah, she was like a thousand years She's old. Like so. <laughs> Is this for you, for you or like, for the kids? Uh, for your kids. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, no, we don't drink. It's for us. She goes, oh, I just wanted to know how big to make the cups. She goes, I'm <laughs> sorry, guys. I don't have any cherries. <laughs> <laughs> oh man like, that's all right that's all right you know yeah. so good time was had by all um lots of cool stuff coming up guys there's so much happening in my life <laughs> that i want to tell you about don't give them too much to look forward but to I because just, we can't produce mm, very much that's the, that's the problem we we've got some ideas if you just stick with us like you have been we're gonna do something. I, I we're never giving up on this. I'm no. not. I and, think uh, maybe I should drive you to work, and we could just do record on this portable recorder in yo, the car in the morning. I could probably get away during the day. Like <laughs> my the, my current office sucks because it's in a basement. I get no internet, and I'm waiting to move out to the next floor. But I'm starting to get to a point where I can make time during the day. Well, maybe we could do lunch and just record. We can eat yes. our lunch and record in the car. Why not? While we're eating. I'm by the People Walt would Whitman love that. They get to hear us go. Yes. <laughs> what is it? ASMR or whatever? One thing I know yeah. about podcasts that people are always asking for is more mouth noises. Yeah. 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 My yeah. wife is screaming, listening <laughs> to this right now. Yeah. Uh, but there's so much I want to tell you guys about. And um, I had a great time. Did you? Uh, it was awesome. Support your favorite show. Give us a review. <laughs> I mean, I don't have my outline in front of me, so really I feel ask, naked before. Should we ask for reviews if we are not producing shows well, so much? Well, guys, reviews are... We Listen love to the them. old shows and write reviews. It makes me feel good. Yeah, it's mostly right. for our ego. It is, because I, as a lot of addicts are, I am an egomaniac with an inferiority complex, complex, otherwise yeah. known as the piece of shit at the center of the universe. That's that's too much fucking AA negative self-talk for me, my friend. It works if you work it. So work it, you're worth it. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening. Um, and as we say... Stay fresh, cheese bags. Oh, no, we say the other thing first. Non proficiat perfectum. <laughs> that's progress, not perfection. We will see you next time. Yeah, and next time we'll have like the news and stuff. Yes. Remember? Yes, yeah, send your show ideas. Yeah. We, we need help. Okay. All right. Bye, everybody. Oh, and Melissa, Nat's going to look up your T-shirt thing, and I'll send it to you. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yes, I will. Okay. All right. Thank you. See you next time. Bye.